Boom. 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 The new intro just rolled. Absolutely epic. You know what? It was so good. Let's do it again. Shout out to our buddy Joe at Fresh Prince for making that we rolled the t-shirts off the line. I can use that video now because not only do I, Dylan, but now Pete has his official offside hockey talk t-shirt to rock, wear, and show off. Woo! Let's go. Also, we are proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co.'s Puck Off Lagerdale, the absolute big beer for the big game. And you know what? This week, ladies and gentlemen, wasn't the greatest week kicking it off for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They had a back-and-forth game against the St. Louis Blues, and this is the week that was. And then the Leafs go on, just keep rolling a little bit, though. Pick up a win, pick up a win, having a little fun, doing some things. They lose a game as well. It's okay. We're going to run through it all. I want to get your guys' gut feeling here. Pete, me and you talked about the St. Louis game a little bit with Clark, but let's talk here. With Dylan. Dylan, your gut feeling over that game against St. Louis. They battle back and forth. They try to give the goaltender a little credence by saying, hey, we'll score the goals to make up for your shortcomings tonight. But it wasn't enough, obviously. What did you feel about that game? And I'll ask the caveat question. Are teams just allowed to have a couple of bad games? I, I honestly think it was inevitably bleh. Inevitably going to happen that the the goalies the goalies were going to have a bad game eventually, um, but it, it was entertaining for that for the aspect of the goals. Like you don't you don't see too many back and forth games. I obviously was at work and I saw the updates on my phone. It was like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I was just like, what the hell is going on? Um, I didn't see who scored for St. Louis in, in overtime, but. Um, I was talking with one of my buddies, uh, the high scoring losses kind of hurt, especially the one against Arizona yet again, but you know, I think, um, get those bad games out now while we can. And, uh, yeah, James, I'm going to be honest. That new intro is absolute fire. I love it. dude. It's great. <laughs> Listen, I love, the, I love the music. I love the the uh, the graphic. It looks phenomenal. So a uh, big fan of that. But uh, the St. Louis game, uh, just really sloppy. Uh, Sammy, again, didn't have his best game, but he still had a better save percentage than Bennington, which is pretty funny. <laughs> which is yeah, but um, it's just nice to know that this team can outscore their goaltending if they need to. I'm not worried about the goaltending, but it's good to know that we have some of the best goal scorers in the league on this team that can back up the goaltending when they're not performing on certain nights. We know the expectation for our goaltending, and um, I'm sure we're going to see it great when it comes playoff time. No, I fully agree. Now, listen, I'm going to say this, okay? Obviously, the St. Louis game, they still pick up a point, which is great, okay? We need every point we can get. Some people are cynics and think that the Leafs, you know, 
have no opportunity to chase down Boston. But I also want to stay ahead of Tampa and have home ice on the playoffs because that's the way it's starting to shake out. And we know that it's probably going to end up that way unless Toronto, Boston, and Tampa all decide to be 18-wheelers and drive off some cliffs. The game against the Seattle Kraken, a lot of people were concerned, upset, put beside themselves because of what happened. I'm going to say this. It's a game after New Year's against a team that's got a lot of young blood in it, to be honest with you, in the Seattle Kraken. A team that wants to win. team that's having fun, doing their thing. It's going to happen. There's going to be teams that are just get your number and do different things and have it. But it's right after New Year's. So yeah. I'm chalking that up to just having some weak legs, being a little tired. And that is what it is. I, um, I could have almost put a bet on Jared McCann scoring that game, though. We did, I literally said that last podcast. I was like, if there's anything that's guaranteed is for Jared McCann, hit it. He's going to score. Sure as shit. He scored on the, the cracking game. But, uh, yeah, that was that was another <laughs> rough one. It was rough. And it was rough for Matt Murray. It was rough for the team. But at the same time, like I could not believe you would think that, like, I made that video for yesterday's game for Saturday night, and I didn't even put any prizes or anything up or predictions. You know, I just said the team was going to win, and they're going to, you know, basically jam it down everyone's throat to remind them who they were. But you'd think in those two games with Sonar and Murdoch that they had played this way all season, that this was just how they were. This was the statum operanda, and these goaltenders were no good. It's like, what's going on? Like, is this fan base that fragile that two losses? Actually, you know what? You still got a point. So really, you know, one and a half losses are that impactful to you? Jim, that so what was the game before the St. Louis? Was that Colorado where they, Colorado Colorado where they smashed them 6-2? So the on New Year's Eve. The Leafs can't lose two <clears throat> games in a row. People will lose their minds. No, no, no. See, I think that people are still hung up on the fact that they think Seattle is still a crap team. That's it. This year, they are not. And that it's shocking everybody because you look at the roster and they don't have that superstar. Like Jerry McCann is, he's a a decent player. And Matty Beneers is coming into his own. But you look at the roster and it's like this, we all predicted, I'm pretty sure you could go through that, that video. We all predicted for them to, either not be as high as they are or like missing playoffs. They're also yep. getting great goaltending by Martin Jones, which no one predicted. Exactly. Like that that's holding them to where they are right now. They're getting great goaltending and they're putting the puck in the net. So as long as you have those two things, you're going to win a lot of games. Well, yep. to say what Pete was saying too, you look at their lineup though, even their fourth line is, you know, could be a team's third line. They don't have any first line top tier talent right now. They but they have a bunch of guys that would be on any NHL's team's second line on mm-hmm. their first, second, and third line. And they work their bags off. So, you know, if you've got a team that's going to work hard and guys that want to make a mark and show that they're worth their weight in gold in the NHL, you're going to probably have a team that's going to pick it up and then throw in some young guys like Matty Beniers and others that are doing really well. You're, of course, going to start stepping up. And everybody lauded the defense that – Mr. Ron Francis picked like Vince Dunn and all those kind of guys. You get yeah. a little excited about that. Plus, Shane Wright's not in the lineup. Now, question for you guys. What do you think Shane Wright would be in the lineup if he was on any of the other teams that drafted him, say, or would have drafted him, say Montreal? Montreal? Yeah. 
Montreal, yes, but I don't I don't think New Jersey or he might have cracked um Columbus, but I truly think like he doesn't he doesn't belong in the NHL right now, and I think that is his, his problem. He belongs in the AHL, but we have that whole it problem with not being allowed to put uh OHL guys who are right. under contract. I, I thought it was so awkward the other night when he was showing off his his medal in the arena. Meanwhile, the, his team that drafted him was playing there the night before or two nights before, and it was just yeah. like, well, get could have made the NHL. You should have been in the show, I guess, but clearly I couldn't make the lineup. I mean, he doesn't really fit in, right? Like he's he's still okay. Well, let's speak about guys not fitting in. Yuri Slavkovsky in Montreal isn't doing anything either. He's getting benched. I hear. I heard a prediction, and I almost kind of agree with it. I think he's somebody that's going to come into his body like Tage Thompson, and I hate to say it. I said the same thing, though. I said that he's probably going to be a, a McKinnon-type guy that takes he's, a little he's, while. He's a big body, him. but he looks he looks like a draft right now. Like I think he's also getting used to the North American ice because he's not used to having such right. small so, ice. He's not aware of it. Yeah. Of much around him on this on on this North American ice, like I've I've watched him get leveled a lot, and it's kind of concerning. I mean, I'm not concerned if I'm watching Montreal fail. Thumbs up for me. The only it's not thing I'm, I'm not saying Montreal failing. I mean the poor kid. The, the kid is a yeah. yeah. You never yeah. I mean you don't ever want to crap. You don't root them. against the individual. You root against the team. Correct. Yeah. 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 I don't unless you're like. Little piece of shit or something, Tony D'Angelo or something getting bent tonight. <laughs> yeah, those those things. But then those players bring it on themselves. Right now, this guy's just a kid trying to find its footing. Fair. You know, obviously, crap on the Montreal Canadiens as a whole, but not not the young guy. You know what? Um, I feel really bad for him. Scares me, guys. Is I was watching Florida and Dallas today. Florida got thumped by the Stars, and that could potentially be another pick that Montreal. Oh, they they could get one in two. No, this no, Montreal no. Could potentially win the draft. <clears throat> no, no, they're not doing it. Could you imagine? This is one of the deepest drafts, and they're it's going have to the Arizona. Shot. They have two shots. Could you imagine the Montreal team get the first and second overall pick, and they take Connor Bedard and Fantilli? Oh my God! Or uh, who's the? There's another kid, Mitchkov, but he's not. Yeah. He's not you you don't want No offense. I think Mitchkov's going to drop. He's because, going four or five. Because teams aren't going to be wanting to get him because he's going to take a while to get here. And with all mm-hmm. the conflict going over there, do you think he's, Russia's he's going to say, Russia? here's one of our best talents. Hmm. Take him over to the NHL. What happened to the last guy who tried to come over here? That's um, Ivan, no. Um, Kaprizov, we did Kaprizov on, was almost stuck in Russia this offseason. Mm-hmm. So. Who was the so I'm just saying, guy. that's an impact. It was it's Fetor, Fetor, Fetorov. It's Fet- yeah, Fetorov. Ivan Fedotov. Ivan Fedotov, the guy that got Philly Flyers. Yeah. Yeah, the goalie that uh, unfortunately couldn't make it overseas and was dumped in the army. Dumped in the Antarctic. Yep. Antarctica. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, we're we're going way off course here. But yeah. Um, So the Maple Leafs have two bad games. Leafs Nation is falling. Everyone's upset, crying. They think this team is going nowhere. Their third and fourth line are no good, as we hear, of course, across the networks. And then, of course, you know, the defense, because Morgan Riley came back, doesn't play very well. Uh, we will get to the TJ Brody situation tonight. Um, but 
the Leafs go and play the Red Wings, a team that is on the upswing and a lot of people like because of what Stevie Y is doing there. And I kind of agree with them. Not a bad squad. Mm-hmm. Andrew Kopp coming over, David Perron, some guys who can actually play, mixing in with the young guys like Raymond Sider, et cetera, et cetera. The Leafs molly them, like I said in my video, 4-1. Beat them soundly. Oh, who looks sound between the pipes? Oh, it was Sonar. Wow, crazy that that guy knows how to play goaltender. You would swear he didn't, but he did well. I want to ask you guys, though, over the course of that game, this, this is something I've noticed, and we're going to talk about it after we talk about the Flyer game, but over the course of that game, how did you guys feel? How did you feel in the first period when they gave away Wallman's goal? How did you feel about that game? I want to know. Dilly, you can go first, because you're not here very much anymore. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> The first period, uh, so I, I actually got to watch this game. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I had a, a boys' night last night. Uh, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings, and it was on the TV, and nothing but Leafs game over the entire restaurant. Loved it. Um, I was kind of concerned about the amount of shots on net, which doesn't, which normally doesn't happen for me. Like, it's normally not a concern. But there was, like, I want to say 15 shots going like somewhere in the third like maybe it was I I don't know at some point I was like we only have 15 shots like what the hell is going on the Wallman goal that guy celebrates like it like he scores a touchdown every time he gets a goal in the back of the net and then I don't know do you did do you we just stomped back bro like it was it 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 was honestly a very entertaining game um, I I feel bad for whoever the heck that goalie was, Helvig. Helberg, Helberg? Man, he played unbelievable. Yeah, but, I like his game. If he's on the waiver wire, man, teams are gonna keep scooping him up, and that's what keeps happening. But I think if you look at the standings right now, I do believe Detroit is in fourth. Maybe it's Buffalo. Oh, it's Buffalo. Buffalo is. There, this is a very close race, though. I was looking at it the other day, and like. Points are between Sabres, Panthers, Red Wings, Senators are all within three points, which is like it, it's wow. going to be entertaining. And but the Sabres have 37 games played too. They're they have a lot ton of yeah. games on in hand, and so they're a wagon, which is uh, they just don't have the goaltending. That's my only thing. But I'm getting off track here. Um, entertaining game, loving to see Mitchie get his. 500th point. Yes. And um, I I love Matthew's little fake throwing it down the hall. I was going to talk about that. Yeah. That was so, fun. I, so, so I was watching at the bar and I got, I go to my buddy. I was like, he just he threw, threw something in the stands. He just threw something in the, like in the stands down the tunnel. And then he threw it on the bench. What the hell is he doing? Isn't but, that so um, cool to see though? You just know they gel together. They joke together. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure I I looked at it and I think there was actually a fan with his hands up. Oh fuck! What you saw and what he was he actually wanted it. He actually wanted the puck, but he Matthews faked him out. He's like the guy put up his hands. Yeah, he was like, oh, it's mine. Or do you, wait, do you think he did it because of the fan or he did it to to mess with Marner? No, it was already it was predetermined that they were going to do that. Oh really? Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Mar- um, Bunting said that they had it planned, so oh, that, that Matthew's going to do that. But I mean, how funny is that that you're hitting so many milestones this season 
that you're keeping each other on the toes yeah. by doing silly things like that, you know. So what were there was like four milestones last night. There was like Tavares cracks what a hundred one hundred goals. Top one hundred goals. Yeah, TJ oh, Brody. Yep. Yep. Top one hundred in goals. Uh TJ Brody, eight hundred games, and then I think Kerfoot at four hundred games. Kerfoot yeah, at so. four hundred games and Marner at five hundred points. Five hundred um, points. Yeah, no, Tavares scoring tonight put him at ninety-six all time in goal scoring. So he is moving on up the list, ladies and gentlemen. Hasn't slowed down. Hasn't slowed down like a lot of people said they would or he would. Weird, weird that weird that happens, eh? Yeah, weird. I know. You need, it's funny. Oh, you usually give a guy a lot of money and he just slows down. But, oh yeah, uh, it's just just done. I mean, John Tavares is is he even a hockey player? I don't yeah, know. Sometimes I get, I, I gotta look him up. We should trade him for a bag of pucks. Hey, bag he's a. It's 40 games played for the Maple Leafs, by the way. When we do our Wednesday show, Petey, it, oh, Dylan's not going to be here. You have to write these in, Dylan. We're going to be doing our midseason chit-chat because that's midseason time. But uh, 40 games played for John Tavares this season, 37 points. Almost a point-per-game guy again. There's a One multi-point game and he's in. There is a lot of point-per-game people this year. Well, you know what? 82 points is never bad. Nope. Unless you talk to most Leaf fans who de- demand more, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but anyways, I digress. The, the Leafs go on tonight, and the next goaltender comes in net. It's Matt Murray, who obviously lost the game against Seattle, and everybody's worried. Is Matt Murray hitting a wall? No. No. Nope. The Leafs come out, and they win 6-2. Leafs go up 2-0. Leafs have three two-goal leads throughout this game. The third one finally sticks. They get a little traction and they get rolling, which is great. Absolutely great. I want you guys to tell me what you saw in the Philly game. And then I'm going to tell you what I saw over this week and what the Leafs' problem is. And if they tighten it up, I think they'll be even better than what they've been tonight and against Detroit. Let Petey take this one first. What I saw, well, I saw Matt Murray make a few big saves to keep this game out of reach from Philly tonight. So he looked great. James, you put it in our group chat, and I just started to notice it, like the soft. Don't the even soft. go there. We're going to okay. talk about this. <laughs> We're going to talk about this. That is yeah. a, one of my topics. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, TJ Brody wasn't in the lineup tonight. I didn't hear why. Um, banged up. Maybe he's banged up. Oh, I Big TJ him. Brody guy here. I He's our best defensive defenseman, I'm sure couple plays would have made would have happened tonight if he was in the lineup but uh yeah no i i really like what i saw from murray tonight and uh yeah the, the boys were buzzing they're putting the puck in the net so that's that's what i liked um i don't know how many goals were scored by defensemen tonight but i know oh, wow. of two which Timmons. was clutch connor timmons with his first oh yeah um i know Lil what a reclamation him. project by the way and you know, he almost like he's a clutch seventh defenseman. With the fact that we do need that right-handed shot, I do like him there. Um, what was my other thing? Oh, um, Philly's power play sucks ass. Like mm-hmm. they could not bring the puck in whatsoever. And like I heard over the announcer say, like it's like twenty ninth in the league. Like. 
yeah, I can see that. Like it was like they were battling us to get it out. Yeah. No, it was really, really bad. I mean, obviously shorthanded goals, shorthanded chances, different things throughout this game. Um, I'm happy they pulled up the victory 6-2, obviously, against a Flyer team that's not doing very well. Um, they've been known to play down to down yeah. opponents, so it was good to see them not only get a stranglehold in the game, but put their foot on the neck and say, enough's enough, we're going to win this and really shut the door here. Um, I'm very happy for another guy on this team that's taken a lot of flack but really has started to click and started to score and do different things here for the Maple Leafs, and that's Cali Yarncroke. This guy has been every bit as advertised since coming back from that groin injury. He looks like he's fitting in very well. We talked about him on Wednesday night on the show with Clark Monroe, shout out to producer Clark, but um, we talked about how this guy really is starting to fit into form, and he really has been dialed in. Another, I think, three-point night tonight for Cali Yarncroke. Another is goal he, for him. His shooting percentage, I think, is insane. He has nine goals on like 40-something shots. He's got 13 points in the last 13 games. 13 points in 13 games? Yep. So he's, he's, you know what? He's come back from that groin injury. Looks and good. Bound. And he's, he's bound. He's doing well. So I'm, I'm happy with that acquisition. You know, and just think about this. The Leafs are going to probably go out and find someone who's going to play in their top six. Yep. You know, Cali Arncroke might already be that guy. But if you go and get a guy, just imagine sliding him down. And he's done it. Like, I, did, I didn't notice him too much, like, at the beginning of the year. And obviously, that's some somewhat a good thing. But, like, defensively, he's he's great for our team. He is. I'm very pumped, very, very pumped for what Cal Yarncroke is doing. Absolutely amazing. Um, now, this game tonight, there's some things that I will talk about in the good, the bad, the ugly uh, that we're going to dissect because, obviously, I think it, the past couple of weeks it's only amplified and gotten worse what I'm going to talk about soon. Um, but overall tonight, the goaltenders, both of them, both games, bounced back, did their thing, looking good. So, you know, maybe just – Take a minute and breathe. We're getting asked who are we poaching from the Flyers. I don't think you poach anyone from the Flyers. Maybe no. JVR for his in, clay, in, in close, you know, prowess on the power play. Imagine? We get no. JVR. That'd be so cool. I wouldn't I mind connecting. I mean, maybe add a physical force. I saw a post tonight. Get Rackle Gudis and uh, Sam Bennett out of Florida together as a package. If Florida's mailing it in. That might be something to do. Sam Bennett, a physical guy who can play in your bottom six. Maybe um, we could give them back a first rounder that day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be a first round deal. But anyways, we would see what would happen there. Anyways, let's switch gears. So that was the week that was. The week that is coming up for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Believe it or not, even though they just did a back-to-back, they're doing another back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday, mm. as they take on the Nashville Predators. And then right after that, again, the Detroit Red Wings. And then, of course, Saturday night, we had the Boston Bruins. Oh, that's going to be a good game, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait for that one. Measuring stick game, if there ever was one. Yeah. Um, so, the week that will be, I'm going to take this one first because I usually go last. Go I'm going to say the Leafs go 2-0-1. They will beat the Wings. They will beat the Bruins. And they will overtime loss 
to the Nashville Predators. That's just my way of thinking about right. it. Walk it back. Well, you go now. Mr. Dylan. Mr. D4, never here no more. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Sorry, I need to make money. Um, oh, this is tough. I'm going to go 2-1-0. 2-1-0. With a lot. Yeah, like he's gonna say the loss to. um, I'm gonna say Boston. All right, all right, all right, Petey. What do you got going on there? What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm just looking at these games. Uh, UC Soros was absolute fire against um, Carolina the other night. That's going to be a tough one. Detroit's going to want retribution. Yeah. I'm going to go with a negative record this week. I think it's going to be one and two. One Listen, and two. I will tell you this right now. One and one. I think they're going to. I think they're going to lose to Boston in regulation. They're going to lose to. They're going to lose to Boston regulation, Detroit in overtime, and they'll beat the Predators. They're going to whip I, the Boston Bruins this week. I, can't I hope they do. Game. I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to tell you right now, Vili Husso, ladies and gentlemen, top 10 in goals against in the NHL, allowed, which is what he is. He's one of those goaltenders who allows a lot of goal, a lot of goals himself. Um, again, top 10 in power play goals against as well. Detroit's penalty kill is dog shit. So those three things right there should play into the least favor. They didn't play Billy Huso on the weekend. So hopefully we can uh, pot some goals against him, get in his kitchen and really mess up his night. And that'll help out for the Bru- or the uh, the Wings game. Uh, the Predators, that seems like the game to me that's going to be the biggest problem this week. Um, just Sorry. because they're – Yeah, there's going to be that, – that team has a lot to prove. Also, there's a lot of guys on there that if the Predators are moving guys out, they're going to play – out of their minds to show teams that they, you know, they're worth spending assets on because we're coming towards that time where guys will start playing 10 times better than they are to be picked up by teams because they want to move on to a contender and they want to win. The Bruins, I'm going to say it just like I said it about Detroit on the weekend. We're going to mollywop them. It's going to be a massacre in Boston, a Boston massacre. Right there, I, it's gonna happen. I hope so, James. I was at. I love your positivity, but if Olmark is in net, just bring it in, breathe it in, boys. Breathe in that. What's your, pre- what's your score prediction for the game then? Score prediction: six two Maple Leafs. They're gonna. If it, it, if it's it. six two, I'll send you fucking. I'll send you ten bucks. Who do you who do you think will start? They, that they will not stomp Allmark like that. Oh, they'll stomp Allmark. Oh, yes, they will. Nah, Bill Linus is all mark all night. Guys, what do you Don't think the goalie, the goalie situation is going to be this week? Like, who's going to get which? Like, is Samson well, off going to get are, next year? Both guys are going to play. Uh, Sammy oh, probably gets next. Murray probably gets uh, Thursday. Yeah. And then whoever had the better overall performance, be positive 3-0. and I love that. Um, check out uh, Mr. Uh, Andy from over across the pond. Shout out to Andy. Um, Andy. Yeah. It's going to be whoever plays the stronger game through the middle of this week. So oh, like Clark said more like minus all mark. <laughs> like it. Um, yeah, whoever has a stronger game throughout this week will be the guy who starts. 
that's just going to be the simple to complain of it. I'm okay with that. So I'm fine with being wrong. You're allowed to be wrong, Dylan. You usually are. Oh, I'm usually usually wrong or not here. So yeah, if you're not here, you can't be wrong. I guess exactly or right. (laughs) All right, so I'm going two zero and one. Pete's going one one and one. Dylan's going one two and zero. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I said two one and zero. Don't put words in my yeah. mouth. <laughs> He's trying to put a friend, pull the wool over my eyes. That's I was hard. being positive. I was just saying we're losing to Boston. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do a little bit of breaking news here over in the WHL. The um, Silver Tips and the Blazers have made a deal. Gold medalist Olin Zag Zellweger Zellweger is on the move. So is Ryan Hoffer. And these trades, guys, are just bonkers. Um, the Silver Tips receive four players. They receive one, two, three, four first-round picks. They were all the way. The picks go from 2023 all the way to 2026. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. They're, they're putting picks out there for guys soon that aren't even going to be born. It's nuts. Yep. It's just funny to see it. Um, obviously, big trade. The Blazers oh, are loading up. Oh, Chuck um, also got traded to Winnipeg ooh. for three first-round picks. So, deals are happening. That they're wheeling and dealing, but Olin Zellweger has moved. Um, the next big name, obviously, is Shane Wright. Um, I'm assuming he's going to London. Um, we'll see that deal that's rumored. Not, that is rumored. That deal is not broken yet, but I'm sure it will very shortly as uh teams want to get their business. Trying to see if they have any more picks to give away. Could you what what kind of trade would Connor Bedard look like? Like, is this yeah, he would he wouldn't ever get traded. Uh Connor Bedard is gonna get traded. I heard I heard he has like a no trade clause and, and like he does he wants to stay on the Regina Pass. Like he doesn't want to get traded. That's I I, th- I forget what podcast I, I heard that on, but I, I that's, think that's class. It was thirty two thoughts you heard that from. Yes. Okay. And yeah, there was um the the coach or whatever of the team he plays for now was upset that reporters keep asking him, you know, if they're going to be right. a trade. Um, but I will say this: if you're Connor Bedard, you just won the gold. You're Regina Pats. I know you love the team and the organization. What better way to show and be a part of an organization than to set them up for the future? So hugely. The package for Connor Bedard would be insanity. And the picks that you would have. Because you have to think about it. When you are a junior team, junior teams have cycles. They're usually about a three-year cycle. Yep. You do good. You get a lot better. You go for it, and then you tank. Because the guys that you went and got that were great players. Clark just said he's not getting dealt. <laughs> sorry. We'll go, we'll, I'm going to go through my thing anyways. The guys who you got to bring you to the dance, to win you the damn thing, they age out. Either they age out of the uh, – the league they're in, or they end up going and playing for an NHL team. Yeah, That's what happens. So there's a cycle that happens in these leagues. So that's why it's more important for teams to get picks that are further down the line as first-round picks 
than ones that are usually directly the next year because the team will probably still somewhat be good. But you want to you want that first round pick when the Blazers are going to be down. Down, down, down. And then you have that first round pick, and then you're picking high. So that's what the Mooseheads did when they got McKinnon, when they got Nico Heischer, those kind of guys. When they got um, the young defenseman who plays for Detroit that I can't think of his name right now, but I used to love the way he played. McIsaac. Yeah, Jared McIsaac. You know, so those, those, you know, things like that. In my chamber there. Hey, it's all right, man. That's, That's a good call. But that's what teams want, right? They want those picks for when the cycle is done with said team so that way you can get those players. I understand he probably won't get dealt. But I'm saying in my heart of hearts, when Matt Sundin and the Muskoka Five didn't want to wave their no-trade clause to help set up the Maple Leafs who were floundering, I look at it like, hey, what better way to say thank you to the organization than, hey, we're not going to the dance. We're not going to be perceived to do too, too well. Let's go and bring in some picks, help Wait, the organization we... out, and I'll go play for a playoff team. Win-win for everyone. Handshake. Thank you. I'll always be a Regina Pat of Heart. Fuck, it makes sense to me. What I see Clark put in the comments here is that, I mean, it's just a conspiracy theory, but I don't mind this theory, is that he wants to play for Team Canada, maybe get a little bit more experience, some experience playing with the the big boys before he actually makes his way over to the show rather than playing that Memorial Cup. But isn't isn't the Memorial Cup one of the hardest trophies to win? Wouldn't you want to have that on your resume? Winning that trophy? It would be one of the harder trophies to win, but at the same time... You've got to win your league, and then you got to play the winners of each league. Like, that is one of the hardest things to do. Like, I'm not Connor Bedard. I have no idea what he wants to do, but if I was... I would want to win the Memorial Cup, but he know. He, I think he knows that there's bigger wagons out there. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe just get get to being pro and doing things and earning some keep before. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he just wants all the gold. Pat's yeah. owner wants the legacy of Bedard be, being drafted as a Pat instead of trading him with the first overall selection. The blank selects from the Regina Pats Connor Bedard. I see. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay, I get it. I get the whole thing. You want to? Be I get both sides, though. But I mean, like Jesus, man, just think of what you could get if Olin Zellweger got that, and Shane Wright's going to get whatever he's going to get. Just imagine the package for Connor. But the, but the thing is, the thing is, they've both been drafted. So I, I, I almost see what Clark is saying here in a in a more. Yeah, I know. Way. I mean. Uh, I guess you want to be that. T- you want your team to be announced on, you know, national TV, all that stuff that goes with it, right? But I mean, all the graphics would probably show him as a Regina Pat. Just saying, you know, that's where he made his mark. But anyways, let's get to the good, the bad, the ugly with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The good for this week is defense have started to score. Secondary scoring is starting to pop up. Those things to me are pretty huge. Obviously, if you want to go on a run, you need different input from scoring. And it was long talked about the Leafs defense not putting up points. Points again tonight, points last night. They're starting to click and get things done. So I'm liking that. And then the depth scoring. The third line has looked great hemming teams in. Regardless what anyone says about the third and fourth lines across whatever network you're listening to, whether it's some guy rambling on TikTok 
It doesn't matter. The third and fourth lines are starting to pick themselves up. And that third line is looking good to me. Just to me. I don't know about you guys, but they're putting the puck in the net. They're having other teams in. They're looking good. They're getting chances. Now, what do you guys got to add for that? What do you guys have for a good thing this week for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Dilly Pop, what do you think? Uh, I would say a bounce back for the goalies was good. At, at the end of the week, obviously. Um, the bounce back for the goalies, they put put a little bit more confidence in them. Uh, it, it's a good sign, obviously. I would say the scoring. I mean, Austin Matthews, did he just break a five-game scoreless drought? Something like that, yeah. He's up to 20 goals. He has a five. We got second. We got um, our bottom six scoring here, such as Pierre Engvall, Kerfoot. Um, Yeah, shout out to the scoring. Yeah, that's that's to me is a big thing here, right? As we go down these couple of months here in the season where things really start to get almost robotic because you know who you're going to play in the playoffs. The separation is already starting to happen in the standings where the Leafs are probably going to play Tampa, unless things go drastically wrong. So this is where you really need to focus on your game and have input from everyone because that's how you get it in the playoffs. Continuity breeds continuity. If you don't keep those things flowing, they won't flow in the playoffs. It'll be a disjointed machine, and we've seen it before. So hopefully that can keep rolling, get the defense in on it, know who you can cycle in and out to. If a guy's banged up, okay, we can put Connor Timmins here because he's played with X and it's worked well. Okay, we need to move Lilligren back with Gio and Sandine up here with Ben because injuries happened here and here. We know we can do it. So I'm liking that flow throughout the lineup. The, the bad for this team, the bad is just a consistent effort. I think this week, you know, just simple things. The ugly we're going to get to. The ugly is a very ugly thing that really could rear its head and be a problem. But the bad this week for me is just consistency is the key. That's all. Um, You know, you look at the St. Louis game, you know, they consistently would score a goal, have one come back at them, et cetera, et cetera. Kept going that way. It was like they couldn't just get ahead of their problems. Same thing, you play Seattle, there's no consistency in that game. You tie it up, and then you give up a goal, and then you're just down for the rest of the night, and the shoulders slumped, and it wasn't there. Then the two games they won, the things they do good, they consistently did good throughout both of those games. Am I missing the mark there? Is there something you guys want to add that's a bad thing this week? No. No, you, you nailed it on the head, James. Yeah, um, yeah just consistency. The boys got to play better. That Seattle game, I, like they had, I believe they were out shooting Seattle eight to nothing in like the first few minutes of the game. And then it, like, it looked like they were going to run away with it. And then I don't know what happened. They just stopped skating. They gave up the first goal. And after that, it was just all downhill from that. Yeah, body language wasn't good in that game. And I've been talking about body language a lot this season, about how the team battled back. Even in the St. Louis game, they didn't give up. They didn't just quit out. They kept battling and they tied it up, which is great. Absolutely great. But just in that Seattle game, you could see the body language. And I didn't watch much of it because there was some gold medal game happening, you know, so I was more focused. Yeah, some people's priorities were great. But – the ugly thing this week, and it's an ugly thing that's reared its head for a little while now at the Maple Leafs, and I've been watching it and hoping that I'm wrong, but 
there's so many situations that this team could get themselves out of, but they just don't do it. And it's clearing the puck. It's light on the clears, putting the puck into bad places, whether it's a bad pass. I watched Austin Matthews do it twice tonight. I actually made notations about this because it's happened so often. Matthews is dropping passes and there are no looks. They end up in a chance down the other way. Then is a save by the goaltender. Then it's a face-off in the zone. End up another chance tonight. Happened twice. So that's four shots on goal because of two lazy-ish passes. Yep. But the Leafs are getting scored on a ton on these just flub up the boards. They're not getting any effort on the puck to get it out. It's getting just before the line. The team that's defending or up on the offense knows they can stop that puck, keep it in the zone, and ends up being a goal because it didn't get cleared out. A little extra effort. Even tonight with Mitch Marner, behind his own net, no one around him, no one around him, and he just flubs it, tries to make a pass. How do how you can't see an orange jersey in Konechny, and you just give it to him. You lay it on a tee for him. He picks it up with his hand, lays it down, scores a goal. There was no one around. You didn't need to make that play. He legit just had to skate up. What's that? He legit, he legit just had had to skate up the ice. Like it, what? It wasn't that big of a problem. But it, it, it he is. Was that, trying to make, exactly he was trying to make that stretch pass. Like it was, it was a very silly. But the Leafs in the zone, like just getting it out of the zone, getting it out of trouble. There's not yeah. enough on it. They're not getting it out. They're weak on the clear. And anybody who's listening to this, I don't care where you listen to it from, go back and watch all of the goals that happen. Because I'm pretty sure you'll see and you'll hear them on the TV. The Leafs didn't get the puck out. Puck turned back over. Goal. And that's been a problem. You do that against elite teams like Boston or Tampa or Colorado or Dallas, or any of those teams that really know how to score with high proficiency, it's going to be a problem. You're getting away with it at times against the lesser teams. They did it a lot tonight against the Flyers. Didn't get the puck out, but the Flyers just don't know how to score. And Murray was good at bailing them out, which they've done time and time again this season, Sonar and Murray all season long. But when your team is having issues, those little plays, those little efforts – will screw you, and they'll screw you in the playoffs real bad against yeah, yeah. a team that's really wanting to win because we all know it goes up another level. So you can't have a bunch of guys having the Justin Hall five-minute muffin all game long. You got, you got to put your muffins back in the oven, let them crisp up, and then ship them out. Get a little bit more zing on those pucks. Get them out. That's just my ugly. It's been an ugly thing. It's been a thing that the Leafs need to work on. I'm not a big negative Nelly kind of guy, but that is one thing that I've seen a lot of lately that needs to change. Yeah, that's all right, James. I mean, it's good to have negatives. I think playing a perfect game is impossible. Especially, especially mid-season. Like, you want to wait for them to – you need them to work on stuff. You want them to play their perfect game in the playoffs. So they need to critique their – the, the small things right now, like clearing the puck, getting those, getting the puck out of the zone. We need them to be working on and be self-aware where they need to do that work. No, definitely. And that's something, like I said, 
it's it'll rear its head in the playoffs and it'll screw us again. So if you work on it now, figure it out yeah. now, then you end up being better for it later in the season. That's just something that I've seen that I think they need to figure out and fix up. What do you think, Dilly? Oh, I totally agree. It's it's hurting us. Like it could have happened a couple more times and the game could have been a lot closer. Could have been a lot different. And like I said, the game seems like Seattle, who are a better team than a lot of people give credit for, like you said, Dylan. And then of course, you know, the St. Louis Blues who know how to win and know how to do things, right? So yeah. Just figure it out. I'm sure they will. On a positive note, this is one of the best leave teams ever assembled. So we got to pick something out of this team to talk negative about as much as all Leaf Media loves to do. But we, you can't have a perfect team. You got to pick something. Right? Listen, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and get somebody again. I'm sorry, Pontus, but you really got to pick up the uh, the Holmbergs because you're you're not winning faceoffs again. Get a good night on the dot tonight, but he's back to 33, 40, 30 on the dot. And if you're going to be in every NHL, everyday NHL center in this league, having that kind of face-off dot prowess is not going to help you. It's not. It's going to make you a winger. It's what it's going to do. And I love his play. He's very good once the play is going. But winning that draw is something that he just hasn't been consistent about. So, you know, Pontus, go figure out that dot thing, man. I want you to stick – and I know you will, and I know they'll keep you around, but if they go and get an upgrade at third-line center, LS Sam Bennett, you know, that would probably spell the end for Pontus Holmberg. So, because they're not knocking David Camp out of the lineup, so. No. But that's just the other thing that I've noticed. You know, I go and look at stats, and I look at who's doing well in dots, and, you know, Camp's up at 84% tonight and just rocking it on the face-off dot. <laughs> that's what he does, you know, amazing. He reminds me of Yannick Perot, by the way. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah, um, Yannick Pro was pretty, pretty damn good. But anyways, we got to wrap here pretty soon because Dilly Dog's got to get going. Um, but all of us for once have something that we can do this with. We're going to do our Bearded Blue Warrior segment from Boxing Rock. It's the Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior. And Pete, seeming you got the fresh beard this week. Absolutely beautiful. Hang on a moment here. I got to take a picture of this. This is absolutely <laughs> great. This is wild. Put that on for Boxing Rock. There we go. What's what up? Photo. It's a beautiful photo. Anyways, Pete. Can't wait to try this beer. It's only in uh, Nova Scotia, right? It is. It is. It is. It is. We will find a way. I'll probably be back. In, I, I'm going to be in Niagara Falls in April. Ooh. So I might have to bring some with me. Uh, somehow, some way, some waste. Um, but anyways, Pete, you got your beard on. Who is your boxing rock bearded blue warrior this week? I had it before Clark made that comment. In the like, we've already talked about this, but Kelly Yarncrook, he has looked fantastic. <clears throat> He's gotten 13 points in 13 games. He's looking like a stud on that second line. He's looking like he doesn't want Dubas to make a trade for a top six forward. He's He's doing his thing out there with Mitchie and Tavares. So my boxing rock blue bearded warrior. <laughs> All right, Dylan, who is your boxing rock bearded blue warrior? Uh, mine is on a performance more or less from tonight. Um, this player has had a lot of 
injury problems. And I think he deserves to have a bearded blue warrior for his first goal of the year. Connor Timmons, he's had a lot of adversity and has missed a lot of games over the past couple of years. So he is my bearded blue warrior. Not too shabby, not too shabby. My bearded blue warrior this week is a guy that a lot of people who have been down on, ragging on this guy. He's not worth the money. He's almost a point per game player again this season. And that's Mr. Captain, Captain, my captain right here, John Tavares. Um, the guy's putting the puck in the net, winning draws, doing what he needs to do for the Maple Leafs, looking great. Um, what more can you ask for a guy who's playing second line center um, on a team with guys like Matthews and Marner and Nylander who are stealing the limelight, but he's still doing what he has to do. And not to mention sticking up for his goaltender. Tonight was in the scrum, didn't give a rat's ass, grabbing guys, throwing them out. He's starting to get his old man grump on. He's also throwing hits along the glass as well. Absolutely love it. Um, so John Tavares, he takes my bearded blue warrior this week, man. He's playing like a warrior and to me worth every bit of the contract he's got. Hell yeah. Oh. Solid bearded blue warriors. Yes, boys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know this right here. This is Offside Hockey Talk. We come to you twice a week. It's usually on Sundays and Wednesdays. We love it when Dilly can be here. Obviously, the man's got to work, got to make a living. He's not here on Wednesday night, so we get somebody to fill in the chair. That's okay. But check us out. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell your mom, your dog, your uncle, your grandson, your kids. Tell your fish in the bowl because there's a lot of fish in the sea to make sure they listen to Offside Hockey Talk every single week. A top 10 Google podcast for Leafs hockey. Let's go. You know what it is right here. This is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk. (laughs) 